Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to a new edition of The Partial Historians. I am one Dr. Radness, and this ravishing creature to my right. I am Dr. Greenfield. Ooh, delighted to make your acquaintance, young lady. Likewise. Mm. Now, it seems ages since we actually talked about the history of Rome since the founding of the city. It has been a little while. Yeah. We've gone on a bit of an excursion, but now we are back. We are back. Backstreet style. <laughs> And we're going to resume our narrative as we trace the development of this fascinating city. Well, I suppose my first question is, where exactly are we up to? I believe the last time we spoke, we just had this thing called the First Secession, which is really all about plebeian versus patrician rights, also the sources that have us believe. And then we started talking about the creation of the Office of Tribune of the Plebs. Ah, yes. The yes. Tribune of the Plebs. Yes. I believe that's where we were up to. So, resume. Ha <laughs> <laughs> And now, for the next installment. Indeed. So, what year are we in? You know, I don't think we've ever quite managed to nail that down because we're still in this early murky period where, to be honest... It could be any time in the 490s, I think. <laughs> yeah, because I think we're somewhere around about sort of 492, 491-ish. I'd pay that. I'd pay that. Yeah. 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 I like to know where I am day one, yeah, no, even I, when the dates are murky. I just go with the decade. I think we're in the 490s, and that's where I'm going with. Yeah. So basically, the whole first secession thing, if we were to sum this up very quickly, just in case you didn't catch that last episode. Um, basically, where the plebeians, um, the lower classes of Rome, apparently got fed up with fighting in wars, constantly being away from their homes, their farms, not being able to tend to their land and their families, and then coming back and finding themselves uh, impoverished, disadvantaged, not respected, and worse yet, I think, uh, maybe indebted for... for, um, Sorry, indebted and therefore put into slavery. Yeah, Yeah. so debt bondage becomes a real issue. Definitely. It's the hot-button topic. (laughs) Yeah, look, I mean, they are the 99%. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The plebeians find themselves in a situation where they're doing all of the grunt work of yes. making Rome great, yes. which is going out, fighting the wars, yeah. um, coming back home, being hungry, because they're also the people that should have been tilling the fields. Totally. <laughs> um, and turns out they weren't able to do that because they were away. And then Multitasking finding, people, hello. <laughs> and then finding that they have to take out loans to pay for either the farm yep. or the equipment of war. Yep. And then finding that they can't pay either of those loans back and for so, various reasons. Yeah. And then finding themselves enslaved. Yeah, because that's what you could do. If someone couldn't pay the debt, you could be like, well, you're now my slave. Until yeah, so the up. rich get richer, the poor yep. get poorer, yep. and you have the struggle of the orders. Yeah, surprisingly it leads to some tension. Like, who would have seen that coming? <laughs> Look, it's not I'm, like that happens today, where I'm, there's a struggle between the thousand and have-nots. Thank I'm God we moved on. literally mystified. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so we saw the creation of, um, basically when the plebeians decide to secede from the state and say, that's it, we're not going to be part of this thing anymore, and take their little plebeian asses and plant them elsewhere. Plant them on sacred mount. Exactly, yeah. Um, there's a lot of negotiations. This office of the Tribune of the Plebs is created, which at this very early stage seems to be more or less a person who is sacrosanct and can therefore stop someone from being enslaved for debt. Or for other reasons, I suppose, but really it's about the debt. Yeah, the debt's pretty important at this point. So the tribune of the plebs, their body becomes sacred, yes, um, and they're able to then intercede yes. into actual physical conflict yes. between various citizens. Yeah, they have that right of intercessio. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, at, at this point, that's really all, all it's about, but it will become more significant as the Plebeians continue their struggle to have more rights. 
All right, so yeah. that is our setup. That's our background. The yes. plebeians have been yeah. brought back into the fold. Yep. They've got a tribune of the plebs to look after their yep. needs. Check, check. <laughs> and then what happens? Okay, well, according to Livy, I'm up to a year in which the consuls were Titus Graganius and Publius Minucius. Okay, and things at home are rather calm. There's no foreign wars apparently going on. Oh, oh how okay. convenient. The, rift, the rifts have been healed, and yet still there is a problem, which we alluded to. Famine. <laughs> We're running a little short of food in Livy's account. <laughs> because, for exactly that reason, there's been so many wars, people haven't been really looking to the provisions side of things. Yeah, look, I mean, the yeah. secession has sort of made it difficult to be at home to till the fields. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, food doesn't just grow itself. Particularly, yeah. particularly in antiquity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's, a, there's widespread famine. Um, the consuls are trying their best to avoid people dying from starvation, which is very good of them. Um, they are trying to look out for the people. So they're trying to basically buy food from the surrounding areas who presumably have been looking after their fields. Um, and I find it quite interesting, actually, because this, I think, kind of puts into perspective how small-scale Rome still is at this point of view. Because when you think oh, they're looking for grain elsewhere. My mind, as someone who's mostly interested in like the empire, goes to places like Egypt, Greece, foreign countries. But no, it seems they are literally looking to the surrounding areas yeah, in Italy. Yeah, and they're asking their neighbours, yeah, essentially. They are, they are, essentially, yeah, doing trade with neighbouring areas and having yeah. to get permission <laughs> to have the grain brought through foreign territories. Like, they're really close to them. So it just goes yeah. to show how... You know, they're, they're still pretty small scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're sending ambassadors out to places like Campania. Yeah. Uh, Pomptine. Nah. Uh, the Pompatinis. <laughs> Sicily. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. they're heading out and about, and they're not going too far. No. They're like, guys, can we buy some grain? The yeah. same people who, like a mere five years before, they were at war with. I know, this is what I find so funny. You know, <laughs> like, well, glad that's all over. Now for some food. Hmm, let's ask those people we were just having a war <laughs> Well, so Dionysus Halicarnassus has yes. some interesting details Ooh. about this kind of stuff, actually. Do tell, do tell. Well, let me just turn to the correct piece of information. Yes. So we have a whole set of conflicts that are going on while the first struggle of the Order of Secession is sure, taking yeah, place. Sure, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, mostly to do with the Volskians. Ah, uh, there's Volskians. Uh, <laughs> But um, they do come to a moment of peace uh, with the Latin territories yes. and the Latin cities. Yeah. And this is hugely significant and it feeds nicely into their request for grain. Yeah. Um, how convenient. Yes, this is true. It's not like they're actually at war right now. No. Yeah. Um, but the wording of the treaty is really strong yes. in the evidence that we have from Dionysius. And this yes. is coming from like towards the end of book six. Right. And he says, let there be peace between the Romans and all the Latin cities as long as the heavens and the earth shall remain where they are. What the? Intense. <laughs> Intense. Yeah. I don't even really know how to interpret that. Look, yeah. like, I think that's a way of fancy way of poetically saying forever. Okay, because, yeah, that's what I figured. I'm like, surely that is... For a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> Let them neither make war upon another themselves, nor bring in foreign enemies, nor grant a safe passage to those who shall make war upon either. Mm. It's like, sure, mm-hmm. sure, we're yeah. all together in this. Let them assist one another oh. when warred upon with all their forces, and let each have an equal share of the spoils and booty taken in their common wars. Okay, okay. So, you've got so I'm sense seeing of like, how this is happening, yeah. Yeah, okay. so the sense of them... Uh, 
not only making a peace, but actually firming up an alliance yeah. of some kind, saying, look, the Latins and the Romans, we're all together in this. I feel a song coming on. <laughs> Let there be peace on earth. <laughs> well, sure, for as long as heaven stays in the same spot and the earth stays in the same spot, sure, I'm down with that. Um, but this is pretty intense in terms yeah. of the wording. And so various oaths are taken, sacrificial victims are... Uh, offered. I hope you mean. Well, actually, I don't hope you mean animals, but that sounds I, like humans. <laughs> they're not people. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, 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 excellent. So, yeah, thanks are given, and they yeah. also add an extra day to the Latin festival. Ooh, mm. nice. I like it. Okay, mm. cool. So this is a this is an important moment. That and is. That's it more feeds nicely into yeah. these sort of grain uh, requests that start flowing out from Rome. Yeah, shortly yeah. afterwards. Definitely. Well, see, Livy uh, mentions, you know, obviously the the search for grain. Um, unfortunately, there's a slight hiccup in my account because they had purchased a quantity of corn from Cume. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, the ships are detained by a tyrant, Aristodemus, who basically says that this is the property of the Taquinii and I am their heir. Therefore, I get to keep it. <laughs> It's mine. Oh, mine. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is the trouble that, that the Romans end up in. Uh, the yes. sense that they have to deal with tyrants. Yeah. Um, there are some in Sicily. Tyrants. Uh, they're unpleasant. There's clearly one in Kume. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're hard to bring into the fold. Yeah. And, and there's Taquinia. You th- I thought they were going to be out of our lives. No. They're never out of our lives. Never. We're never going to be free. It's like an abusive relationship. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the thing that I most like about Aristodemus, though, yes. uh, is that he's given, he's called an affectionate name uh, by the citizens, Malacus, uh, the effeminate. Yes, this is this so, is the guy, yeah, isn't it? This yeah, is this the is, guy. is the same guy. Yeah, yeah. My favorite, uh, <laughs> yeah. my favorite, um, what's it called? I've forgotten the word. What's the word for the word that comes after your name? Epithet. That's it. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Yeah, I'm glad me. I helped there. That was going to bother me. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, so that's basically what is going on uh, in Livy's account, um, which obviously causes some considerable distress um, amongst the Roman population. And somewhat at odds with what you've just been talking about, the Volsci seem to decide that, hey, the Romans seem to be having a hard time of it. Let's attack. Well, now this is where things get really interesting from my yeah. perspective because the narrative that Dionysius gives yes. for this mm. particular situation yeah. and the comparative account that comes up in Plutarch mm. are very different. Mm. So, uh, listeners, I've gone full Greek source material on this. Uh, yeah, well, actually, we probably should. Uh, I sh- we probably should flag why we're turning to Plutarch. There is a reason. I yes yeah. yes. Surprise surprise. <laughs> um, we have new source material. <laughs> we've come into new source material. It's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. I would have used Plutarch before, but he never said anything interesting before. Now, well, actually, I think we have used Plutarch once before for for when we did our special episode on Publicola. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he comes yeah, sorry, up every yeah. so often. Yeah. Um, he's writing quite late from yes. our perspective for where we are in this Definitely. history. Yeah, much. So we're in the four nineties, and he's writing in like the first century AD. Yeah. But aside from that, yeah. um, he writes a life of Coriolanus. Yes, he's going to become a 
significant figure in a moment. Yeah, <laughs> and just you wait. This is the lead up. Yeah, uh, this to is the Coriolanus. Yeah, this is his um, life story. We've just been laying the path for you. That's right. Um, <laughs> but Plutarch has this life of Coriolanus, which overlaps in certain parts of its narrative with some of the details coming up in Dionysius of Halicarnassus. Yes, Roman Antiquities, Books Six and Seven. Yes, precisely um, for this reason, its background. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, what did I want to say? Oh, sorry. The difference of the uh, the narratives between Dionysius and Plutarch. Oh, yes. yes. Thank you. Yes. So, the difference in the narratives. Yes. So, we have this sense that um, from the Volscian perspective, things haven't been going so well. Mm. And they've come up before in conflicts with Rome. Definitely. And yeah. actually, in order for this story to make sense, we need to uh, backtrack a little bit. Um, what? <laughs> we're going back in time. We have to give a backstory for our backstory? Go- <laughs> I know. I know. Well, this is where Dionysius doesn't overlap very well with Livy. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the Tribune of the Plebs and stuff like that. And sure. It's all very exciting. Yeah, yeah. And then we have uh, 492-1 BCE, where yeah. we have Spurius Cassius and Posthumus Cuminus as consuls. Right. And that's very exciting. Uh-huh. And they decide to launch attack on the Volscians. Fair enough. And they attack a couple of cities. Mm. Longia, Pelusca. They do very well. It's all going quite good. Right. Um, and then they decide to attack the mother city. Mm. Um, Corioli. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm, I know where you're going now. Yes, <laughs> Corioli. Yes. Um, and they, they offer to... They start out by um, beginning a siege, essentially. Yes, yes. Around the city. Um, but then they realize, they hear word that the Volskians have gotten their allies involved. Yeah. And actually... They're coming to their aid. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Antiartes are going to turn up. So the Romans decide to split their force, uh, some staying on the siege, some going to intercept the Antiartes before they can get there and reinforce the Volskian city Definitely. of Corioli. Yes. So... All sounding good so far. But the Romans have split their forces. Yes. So, always a bad move, guys. I don't know. I mean, if you're interested in history, just never do it. Yeah. Um, That'd be my advice. Stick together. Because that's what good waffles do. Stick together. (laughs) You know, it doesn't work very well when you split your forces. Are you Napoleon? No. Um, Just don't do it. So, anyway. uh, The Romans... um, So, Spurius... Cassius is yes. in the city right. of Rome. Yeah. He's doing his job there yes. as consul. Yeah. Posthumus Communus is the one in charge of the forces that are at Corioli. So he's the one who makes the decision to split. Yeah. He leaves Tysius Lasius, um, yes. who you may remember, yeah. um, in charge of the forces I do sieging the him. city. Yes, yes, yes. And he takes yeah. the other forces himself yeah. to intercept the Antiades. Yeah. Anyway, so the siege stuff doesn't go so well. No. Um, Obviously not. They, they don't have enough men. No, no. Um, and because it looks like it's failing so much, one of the patricians hanging around, um, Gaius Marcius, gets pretty upset. Yeah. He decides to make a stand. He's like this one-man whirlwind. And he's his name Marcius, by any chance? Marcius, yes. Yeah. Gaius Marcius, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, and he is... Uh, outraged that mm. they should be losing and yeah. nobody's fighting enough and people are looking... <laughs> Romans don't lose! He's like, I'm not having any of this. this BS, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. calling BS on this. I'm going in. Yeah. Who's with me? Yeah. And five guys are like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and everybody else is We're like... feeling suicidal. You're crazy. <laughs> um, so he kind of goes it with just a small amount of oh, forces. This is the stuff that legends are made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, he strikes down as many as he can. Yeah, yeah. Everybody gets... Yeah, the Volskians are like, oh, back behind the walls. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, the Volskians are like, they'd made a sally outside of the city yes. walls, being like, the Romans are diminished, we can take them. Then realizing they can't. Think again. They're like, that guy's crazy, get back inside the city. Retreat. Well, listen, it does sound a little bit like he actually loses his mind. It does yeah. sound a little bit like the fog of war. He like, doesn't he like attack everyone, kill everyone, set fire to like the particular part of the city, like just go mental. Yeah. yeah. I, I particularly like, actually, I believe there is a detail that says that um, it was particularly... Uh, everyone was particularly on the Roman side, cheered up by the fact that they could also hear women and children screaming. So they knew that everybody was dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they get very excited. They because do, yeah. He doesn't stop when he gets to no. the walls of, of the city. Why he's like, he? why he's like keep going. Yeah. I'm going in. Everyone's like, that's madness. Like, this is why we have sieges. Yeah. We don't do <laughs> stop at the wall. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> don't be like that. We can starve them from here. That's right. And he's like, no, I'm going in. Everyone's like, okay. Yeah. Um, and once he gets inside, he starts slaying everybody. Yeah. Um, and eventually the city surrenders yeah so uh well i think they actually don't don't the volskians kind of see what he's done as in like see the fire hear the cries and think oh it's all over (laughs) even though it was probably only a part of the city so it's kind of like a a decor i mean not that he was planning it or anything the thing is that his distinction in battle has inspired others so the romans get on board yeah um so it does look like once the city walls have been breached it's not looking good no um but he's not happy with that. Um, yeah. Like, uh, for a man in berserker mode, as I think he might be, um, he's not satisfied with this. Because the Romans come into Coriolis and they're like, okay, cool, let's pillage and plunder and take the ladies. Did you just say pillage? <laughs> I know, I just put up in the moment. Pillage, yes. plunder. I like it. Take the ladies. Clearly, and Blender. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. I like it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, I have yes. my moments. I get excited. No, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, so the Romans get inside the city and they're like, let's do what we do. Take booty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> take, take, take. Yeah, take, yeah. take, take. Take, take, take. Take that booty. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Indeed. on a roll today. <laughs> I was, was going to say, this has been quality yeah. stuff in terms of the song choices. <laughs> Marcius is not satisfied no. with having just taken the city. And he's like, you know, there's another fight going on with more Roman soldiers down the road against those Antiades. I need to get there. <laughs> and he's like, who's with me? And probably the same five guys who've been with him all along. I like, guess we are oh, again. Yeah. All right, all right. So again, he takes a small force yeah. and he rushes down the road, yeah. um, Gets reaches the consul, and he's like, dude, I've just taken the city. Yeah. And the consul's like, yes. And sweet. Yeah, because all the soldiers are quite worried when Marcius first turns up. I they're can like, imagine, yeah. They're like, oh no, disaster, this is disaster. a disaster. Yeah. He's got bad news. And then they see the consul's reaction. He basically yeah. hugs him and is like, oh yes. <laughs> and everyone's like, hmm, maybe we can do this. And then he proceeds to dominate in that battle I know. as well. I particularly like the way that my version of things has translated it, where um, Marcius goes up to the consul and says, I ask and demand of you then, posters opposite these men. So that we can make, you know, essentially, yeah. so that we can take them down. Put me against yeah. the toughest ones that you're up against. That's right. I will take them. Yeah. And then proceeds to take, take them. them. Yeah. That's um, right. He's a man of his word. You have yeah, to admit it. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> he has a crazy time. Yeah. Um, wounds everybody. Lots of people are lying around dead. Yeah. Um, and the Romans take the day. So yeah. So it's very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Yes. I mean, we weren't uh, we weren't expecting that at, no. the, at the beginning of this story. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Romans win everywhere, and it seemed to be down to one guy. Yeah. 
And because of that, he apparently gets that special name, doesn't he? Well, he gets a lot of things yeah. as it happens. Well, yes, that's true. Yes, He's awarded the Corona Kiwika. The Civic Crown. The Civic Crown. Yeah. So this is made of oak leaves mm. um, and is awarded to citizens who in battle demonstrate great valor. Yeah. Um, or kill enemies hand to hand. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, he's done all of these I think things. he deserves that. I was going to say, I don't, think, I don't think that's like an overstatement. Yeah, yeah. This is not yeah. the first time. No, that he's received a Corona Kiwika. That's right. Didn't he? Wasn't he fighting in a previous battle, and um, he like defended a general who was down? Yeah. Like, so struck- now this is where things get interesting, and one has to turn to Plutarch. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. uh, because, as I'm sure you recall, yes. the Battle of Lake Regulus is highly significant. Yes, and he takes part in that, doesn't he? He's there. Apparently, according to Plutarch, he's there. Mm. And he's one of the guys that is awarded uh, Corona Kiwika after that battle as well. So this is a guy who loves getting in the fight. Yeah, Um, I think there's no denying. He's quite the the soldier. (laughs) Quite. Um, Don't know what he looks like. Not sure I want to meet him in a dark alleyway. No. Um, He seems quite, uh, quite... but the Corona Kiwika for, for the Battle of Coriolis is yeah. just one of many things that he's offered. Yeah. Um, he's also uh, presented with a war horse. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, together with a whole bunch of captives. Nice. Apparently. Slaves. Uh, <laughs> yes, and he's asked to take as many as he likes. Mm. And also as much silver as he could carry himself. Well, well. Mm, first fruits of the booty. Nice. Um, which is slightly different from Plutarch. Plutarch uh, claims that he's given a chance to take like one-tenth of the whole of the booty. Right. Which is massive. Yeah. I was going to say that sounds like more... Because, yeah, like, you can only carry so much silver yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's booty, guys. Yeah. You carry as much as you can you yeah. now got a war horse you could carry more you've got 10 captives i suppose they could carry some as well anyway i was gonna say yeah does this include the horse but anyway um he's grand he's offered a whole bunch of things and he turns most of them down he was like that horse looks great i will definitely take that horse yeah thank you so much because he's a practical man Roman's, yeah, Roman's yeah. like a practical man yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's dressed up like the horse of a general and he's yeah, like yeah. sweet yeah um but he's like look i don't think i need those captives yeah but i did have a mm, guest modesty. friend mm. Uh, who was staying with the Volsky Eye, and he's now been taken prisoner. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe we could free that guy, who's my friend. What a dude! Honoring, <laughs> honoring everybody. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, "Look, I don't need more booty than anybody else. You know, it's fine." Mm. Um, everyone's like, "Oh my god!" This is exactly the kind of shit that the Romans love. Yeah, that's the <laughs> moment where everybody falls in love with him. Yeah, and, and it's at that point that um, the consul's like, "Look, well, let me give you something that you." have to accept and nobody can take away from the you. crown i'm gonna give you a name oh right okay <laughs> gotcha <Yeah. laughs> sorry <laughs> you will henceforth have an additional name you'll mm. be known as coriolanus now this is interesting because obviously uh, you may have suspected dear listeners that this almost sounds too good to be true I feel this like whole it story. might be too good to This be whole true. story. Um, and coriolanus yes yes he is indeed one of those figures where people are like is he real is he a myth what is he um, and he's the Uber man. Yeah. 
And one of the, one of the things that I did come across in my reading is this whole idea of giving someone a name. Now, I didn't actually question it when I first read it because, again, I tend to focus on the empire where it's quite normal for people to be given names like this, like Germanicus, Britannicus, Africanus, you know, that's all well and good. But apparently, at this point in time, it would have been really unusual to be given a name like that. Yeah. Like after a place that you, you know, mm. distinguish yourself in battle. So this is clue number one, <laughs> but maybe this isn't real. <laughs> or, or it's backdated. Or yeah. the yeah. Coriolanus is actually super special. This could be true. <laughs> maybe he's the. Maybe he's the. Wait, no. Is he the first guy who? I, who has a name? Who has a name after a battle, like a location? Mm. I think he might be the first one we talked about specifically. Yes, he might be. Like, I know we've had other guys with names, but it's more like distinguishing names to do with their personality. Mm. Anyway, sorry, mm. I'm getting off. Track. Whereas this is to do with location. Yeah, that's what I mean. Conquest. Yeah, exactly. Particular. Conquest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Just well, a side note. Let's Sorry. not get too carried away. There <laughs> yeah. is a reason why I brought up this story. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's not to do with Coriolanus. Uh-huh. It's to do with the Volsky. You do tell. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you are. <laughs> so we have this situation where yes. after the first secession, yeah. we've got famine in Rome. Sure, yeah. And that old just now. You know. So everybody say that. That's a food related metaphor. That's cruel. <laughs> You'll make them hungry. Yeah, that's right. Um, so everybody's hungry. The Romans are looking for grain wherever they can find it. They're sure. asking everybody for help, including yes. tyrants. Yes. The Volsci are like, this is our <laughs> you know chance. They're desperate. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're desperate. They're hungry. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is our time to attack and have revenge. Yes, yes. This is where we, we were up to. Yeah. We should definitely do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just as the Volsci are about to leave. Wait, wait, let me guess. Plague? Pestilence. Yes, this is in my account too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Plutarch offers some details yeah. on this. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but his details are quite different from Dionysius's. Okay. Which I think is going to be important. Definitely. So, according to uh, both accounts, mm. this is the intervention of the gods on behalf of the Romans. Of course, yeah. Uh, because the, the gods would never let... To rule. <laughs> yeah. Rome is destined to rule, and the gods will not allow Rome to fall, even if it's time of need. Hmm. Um, is it also because the Volskians are being a little bit, you know, breaky of the oathy? <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to Ex-nay say. Exne on the oath-breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Look, are the Volsci classified as people of Latin? I suppose not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no... I feel like that's something we could look into. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like they should be part of this. Anyway. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know, they've got they've got good grounds for revenge. They've yeah. lost at least three cities to the Romans at this point. Yeah. Um, but from their perspective, mm. um, the arrival of a pestilence is pretty horrific. And we yeah. don't know the details. It does sound bad, yeah. Yeah, the details yeah. of it aren't exactly clear. No. But it seems to take down... All types of people, right. young, old, professional. Uh, <laughs> I just pictured someone in a business suit. <laughs> you know, it takes down everybody. Yeah, because um, all I've got in Livy is literally this. By this dreadful calamity, the enemy was so dispirited that even after it had abated, they could not entirely rid their minds of the terror which it had occasioned. Thanks for the deets, Livy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a real issue. Um, nine out of ten people. Whoa. Yeah, in the Volskian city 
of Velitre die. No. From this Wait, plague. that's really bad. Yeah, it's massive. Because we don't really know what this what what, what pestilence they're talking about. Yeah, do we? we don't really know. No. Um, but as far as Dionysius is concerned, mm. um, without distinction of age, condition, or sex, it mm. mattered not whether their bodies were strong or weak. Um, nine out of ten died. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So this leaves Velitre and the Volscian city um, severely underpopulated yeah. and unable to launch any attack on Rome. I can understand that, yeah. And now this is where the accounts of Dionysius and Plutarch differ. Right, okay. Um, according to Dionysius, the Romans see the destruction at Velitre from this pestilence as an opportunity. Mm. They're like, you know what? We could repopulate that city with some Romans. Good lord. <laughs> and, and we do have these angry plebeians hanging around who are hungry and not very satisfied with us. Yeah. Why don't we ship them off and give them a, the city of Velitre? They can farm the land there. They it's can, actually a really good plan. They can have <laughs> their own city. And then we... Wash the rebellion. I must admit, that I'm seeing why you don't ever want to show weakness in the ancient world. People are just always wanting to take you down, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're seeing this as like uh, an advantageous moment in yeah. terms of dealing with their own famine issues. They're yeah, like, yeah. well, we'll just chuck the plebeians <laughs> over there and they can farm themselves and you'll be fine. And now it's a Roman city. Yeah, so that's that is be quite in. different to my account. Yeah. Um, Plutarch, on the other hand, mm. um, credits the... Volskians with approaching Rome and begging for colonists to repopulate their city. Mm, yeah. And like, we're having a terrible time here. Yeah, yeah. We need some people. I know we were just about to kill you, <laughs> but could you please reconsider and just give could us you have some of your sex with us instead? <laughs> We'd really like you to come and visit and maybe even stay. Bellatrae's a lovely place. And now that the people have survived in a... And now that's not full of Volskians. Yeah. It's even better. You know, most of the Volskians are gone. So we really need your help. Um, to me, that seems like a very Real unlikely narrative. dirt cheap. <laughs> Look, I feel like the Volskians... Like, of all of the things that are implausible, that seems the most yeah, implausible. I agree. I think the Romans deciding to take advantage of things seems much more... And much more likely. Yeah. Like... Under what conditions would the Volsci be like, you know what? The Romans will be the guys to help us out in this situation. Like, <laughs> you just wouldn't do it. You would go around to other Volsci and be like, so dudes, um, yes, we've got exactly. this city that's slightly yeah. underpopulated. We could get that back up to speed with your help. Well, yeah, surely they just unite. Like, let's all go and sit in one city for a while. <laughs> yeah. Surely yeah. that would be your best option. But anyway. So this yeah. is a this is a problem for the Volsci. Yes. Um, they've got these decimated cities, effectively. Yeah. Um, but it also becomes a problem at Rome. Um, because, according to Dionysius, yeah. the plebeian interest in becoming colonists of Velitrea... Yeah. Uh, rather diminished yeah and they're like uh pretty sure they, they get stirred up by what? by their tribunes you're telling us where to live now too yeah yeah they're like wait a minute so instead of dealing with this issue of the famine in rome what you want to do is ship us off to a city where everybody just died <laughs> and it's like really do you think that maybe they were also hoping that like there was some disease lingering and, and that like, the plebeians were going to be killed yeah it's like it's like do you think that they just want us to go there and catch the pestilence mind ourselves. You, mind you, and, uh, they probably don't because, after all, who would who would farm? Who would farm? This is a real issue. Yeah. Rome's got some particular problems yeah, right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, because not only that, 
not only do the plebeians start being like, I'm suspicious of this offer, I think you're trying to push me out for some particular reason, um, the Senate actually gets nasty. Well, see, this, okay, this is the thing. Like, this is all very, very filled out to me, because once again, this is what I've got in Livy. <clears throat> Besides, the Romans not only augmented the numbers in their settlement at Velitre, but sent a new colony into the mountains of Norba to serve as a barrier in the Pomptine Territory. Story over. Wow. <laughs> There's none of this debate. It's just, it just happens. You're sparse on the details, I know, Libby. I know. All right, so wait for it. I okay. mean, Norbert does come up in, in Dionysius's narrative. So yeah. When we're nearly there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the Senate orders mm. um, that uh, all the Romans um, should draw lots for the colony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they fix severe penalties for those who. Uh, gain a lot, but then refuse to take it. So oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. So if you Ooh. don't go, if you're pulled out and you're like, just no, they're like, all right, I guess, I guess you're in debt now. I guess that's your choice. I guess. <laughs> so you want to stay? You're not going to like this. Consider your options. <laughs> Think carefully about yeah. your next move. Um, so they basically force the colonization. Yeah. At Velitre. How interesting. Um, through compulsion and. Then also they do the same to Norba. Yeah, yeah. Um, city of the Latins. Although the details around why they would do that at this particular well, point in time are not clear. just think they're beefing up these numbers because it's like a, a buffer zone, basically, between the Romans and the Volsci. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that may be the case. Yeah. Um, but certainly it's positioned in Dionysius's narrative as yeah. a way oh, of... Oh, yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah. ...getting the difficult plebeians out of Rome. Yes, yeah, it's definitely... Yeah, definitely an interesting strategy on behalf of the patricians. Well, they haven't really reckoned with the issue of the Tribune of the Plebs. This is true. Which, yes. which can now like... come into their own, really. <laughs> stands in front of everyone like, wait! Stop! <laughs> Nobody go anywhere. That's right. Uh, so we have a, the Tribune of the Plebs, the mm-hmm. leader of their college, yep. um, Spurius Siculinus. Uh, yeah. Siculinus. I'll take you away uh, because I don't have this story. Yeah. <laughs> he comes forward and he starts criticizing the Senate heavily mm-hmm. and basically like whipping the people up being like, you know, yeah. these are the guys with all of the money. These are the ones who are going to impose the penalties. These are the ones who are going to send you to that pestilent city. I'm having election flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold it in. Hold yeah. it in. <laughs> uh, and he also calls upon uh, a couple of other speakers, including the famous Brutus, Ooh. Um, who is now in the position of Adile. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Wait, Brutus? Mm-hmm. This can't be, not mm-hmm. like Republican Brutus. No, 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 no. Our, our early Republican Brutus. Oh, okay, sorry. The one yeah. who takes down people and, you know. So yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. Um, and he speaks as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so these speakers that are coming out of like this tribunition background mm-hmm. um, are starting to like whip the people up and turn them into a political force. And they're like, okay, this is about rich versus poor. Mm. It's about life versus death. Definitely. This is about secession. You know? <laughs> it's right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so like, wow, that, like, that really didn't last long then, did it? That piece. <laughs> versus Look, I feel like maybe six to 12 months maximum <laughs> is what we got. Really? It's like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was about it. And now the plebs have the tribune of the plebs yeah. to help them out. I just love like, how Livy's like, yes. all was quiet, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was a dark and stormy night. I feel like every time they say there was peace, it's like five seconds worth of peace. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but this is a really interesting moment. We're sort of on the precipice of something really curious, I think. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that actually this this point of tension might be the place to, to conclude. Yeah, 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 yeah fair enough, yeah. Okay, well, on tenterhooks, what will the <gasps> plebs do next? Will they rise up against their rich overlords? <laughs> Will they shabbily march to the cities they've been told to colonize? Will they catch bend the pestilence over and, and die? just take it? <laughs> Stay tuned <laughs> to discover the truth. Uh.